Hi, welcome back to Cycling Talk Podcast with me, Georgia Mahoney. Today, I am joined by Rhys Britton. Since I spoke to Rhys, he has won a medal at the Track European Championships and he has been selected to represent Great Britain at the Track World Championships this week. I wish Rhys good luck for the Worlds and a huge thank you to him for being on the podcast. Make sure to check out my podcast Instagram at cycling.talk.podcast. There's always something going on there, whether it's competitions, updates on my racing, or teasers for my next episode. My podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, my Buzzsprout website, and all the usual podcast places. Hope you enjoy listening to this episode. Thank you for joining me today, Reese. Thank you for having me on. What's your first memory of being on a bike? Uh, I think my first memory would be, as a family, we have like it. Me and my dad used to go out every Christmas Eve, and we used to we used to ride from Brecon to Talabontanesk along the canal. There's like a nice little canal there, and um, it's not that far, but we did it pretty much every Christmas Eve from when I was about. I think I was about four or five <laughs> until I was about probably 10. And um, we used to do it with the next door neighbor, um, his son and like the dad and the lad. <laughs> and then we went to a pub after that for lunch. And then um, we still go to the pub after, after it for lunch. We don't do the cycle anymore, but we still go for lunch and... Um, Turns out it's like the first sprint point of the Junior Tour Wales or something. Oh, wow. <laughs> we'll, um, so it's quite weird, especially when I rode that, to be like, ah, oh, I know where we are sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd say that's my first, my first cycling memory. And do you remember the first bike that you were really excited about? Yeah, I think my first road bike was, it was a, bright orange, yellow and blue Orbea. I was really excited about that. But then my first proper race bike, mm. my dad bought, it was a giant OCR on safe frames. So it was like yellow forks, black frame. And it was the first time I had carbon forks. And um, he like bought, he bought the frame off eBay and then built it up himself, I think. That's a big thing. Like, it wasn't just me who enjoyed the cycling. It's my dad. It was like a joint adventure as well. Mm-hmm. So my dad, yeah, he built me up that giant on say Ed, Campag, Centaur on it, and uh, yeah, it was just I was proper excited. I think I cried when he gave it to me because mm-hmm. I was just I was like nine, I think, and I was yeah, I was proper excited by it. Did you join a local club? Yeah, so I started in 2008 and I my first club was Newport Velo. They used to run taster sessions on a Saturday morning. Um, so I started with them. And then from then I moved to Cardiff GIF, which is like Newport Velo is just a go-ride club. So I had to move on to another club. I think Gary and Thomas, Luke Rowe and all them used to ride from as well. So it was quite cool to ride for them. And then I joined Bush Healthcare. Um, it's 
reason I joined Bush Healthcare was because Martin Bush. So like he helped me out quite a lot. He um, supplied me bikes, supplied me kit, and he's a local. Well, he's a local guy back home. So yeah, he really he really helped me out quite a lot from when I was. I think I was like 15, he gave me my first track bike. And then all the way until I joined Academy, he supplied me with pretty much a bike every season or three bikes a season or something. Oh, wow. Ages. Do you remember your first race? Yeah, I do. I was under 10. But at that point, there was no indoor track racing from the 10 or something. Or there's no Welsh Championships from the 10, so I had to ride the under 12. And I got absolutely, oh, I think I got lapped in every race or something silly. But I really enjoyed it. And But I think that was a good, exp- well, I can't even remember it, but <laughs> I, all I remember is getting lapped and everything, not having a big enough gear. But I think like, a week later, we did another race on the Carmarthen Velodrome. And I think I think it was like the Iceland, the Iceland, what was it? The Iceland, like, attack or something like that like series um yeah and i got third and uh james tillett and sam tillett i think came first and second james is out in france now but i proper enjoyed it i remember me and my dad just driving down to Kamada, not really expecting much just going to have a have a laugh and enjoy some bike racing and then yeah it's quite quite a fun day to be fair who were you riding and trained with when you were younger and what sort of training did you do? Uh, I think until I was about 13, I pretty much just did like track and like one road ride a week until I joined, well, I joined Cardiff Jiff and Courtney Rowe, Luke Rowe's dad. It was like, quite, there was a group of us it was, I think it was like five or six of us and um, we're all around the same age and then I think we do like a track session on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and then in the, in the school holidays it'd be a road ride on a Thursday and a Sunday and we'd all start at Main Velodrome, the road rides were and um, we'd pretty much we'd be riding with like the adults and everything we'd be pretty much just hanging on for three hours Stopping at a cafe, having a coffee and a cake, and then hanging on home. Our dads used to come out as well, and it'd be great big club runs, and um, it's quite fun. Uh, just going as hard as you can for three hours over the moors and around the South Wales Valley is quite cool. To be fair, I haven't done it for a while. I probably should do it when I get back. Did you do any other sports growing up? Yeah, um, I did. I started playing rugby when I was like five or six. Um, I did that until I was like 13 maybe. And then I kept playing for the school after that. And then I also did taekwondo. Um, Did a few competitions. Um, I think won like a Welsh championships in one of the events. And then me and my sister used to do it. And... um, my dad always said, once you hit your black belt, you can quit. So we both got our black belts and then we both decided not to keep going. Can you tell me about your first national race? Yeah, it was... My first national race was 
the tour, the youth, Isle of Man youth tour, I think, when I was an under 12. My mum's from the Isle of Man, so we got family over there. So we sort of just used it as an excuse. Well, we went over every, like, school hall. Well, you know, like the summer holidays. We'd go over to Isle of Man then and spend, like, two weeks there. Because, like, my nan, my gramp, like, pretty much most of the family's from there. So we were like, oh, we'll just go to a bike race and see everyone at the same time. And uh, it was actually a really good weekend, um, I think. I got third overall, maybe, and we won the team prize, like Newport Velo. And um, it was sick, because um, first time I had all my family out watching me and everything. And it was a real, it's, it's always a good weekend, Isle of Man New Store. I think it's one of my favourite um, youth races, apart from Ellerslie. But it was like, it was just fun. Um, like, we took it seriously, but it was more on having fun. So whether you came first or last, it didn't really matter. Um, as long as you're just having a good time and just enjoy riding your bike. I think that's what we did pretty well. And um, yeah, it was a good, good memories from that first race. Mm. I think the last, it was the last year where the last stage was on the NSC, which is like, it's like a tight circuit. And then there's a swimming pool opposite. And it was a bit weird going there and not, swimming in the pool and going for a ride instead that was quite weird because every other time i had been there it was just to go swimming but yeah it was a good race you first competed in the revolution series on the track in 2015 can you tell me what this is and how it went for you yeah when i was growing up like every winter i think when i first started watching it it's like a track race it's like it's like a one-day, six-day event that used to be held in Manchester. And it was a really good night to race in because you get all the big track stars there and there'd be, like, music playing. It'd be, like, quite a party atmosphere. And then you just get to watch real good racing. Um, I think I remember before competing in it, it was 2011 Cav. I just won the Road World Champs. And he was there in, in his rainbow jersey. And um, I'd gone up with Tristan Robbins, who was competing in the Future Stars. But Luke Rowe was riding for a champion system, maybe, then. So his dad had tickets and got me into the centre to meet Cav, which was amazing. But anyway, it's just basically a one-day, six-day event that was held in Manchester. But then when I started riding it, it was like the future stars. So you'd have three races a night. It'd be a 20 lap scratch, six lap dash, and a 20 lap points race, sprints every five. And um, it's basically just putting on a show. And uh, so we'd be in between the elite events and the sprints and everything. So you'd be on the same team as the big lads, but just riding our own little race. And um, it went pretty well, I think. I ended up, I won, I won the overall series, which is quite a big thing, just because it was on TV and the amount of people, like, it's, the, it's literally the only race we you ride as a youth, or used to ride as youth, where you'd have crowds other than the parents in the stands. It'd be, like, massive crowds. 
and lots of noise and you'd just be real excited for that. And um, yeah, it went pretty well. I think as a first year under 16, uh, I won it. And then going into the second year, I missed most of it because I broke my collarbone. But it was just, it was the only time we got to ride a proper, in front of a proper crowd as a youth. And yeah, it was amazing. That must have been such an awesome experience. Yeah, because like you get the same crowds at say World Champs or I think Manchester was literally full. You couldn't get any more tickets. <laughs> and everyone's just like going crazy. And oh, it's it quite cool to be fair. You competed in the Isle of Man Youth Tour again that year, winning the final stage. How did it feel to be part of that race and taking the stage win? It was pretty, it was, it was amazing actually, um, because they changed the final stage to Ramsey and we're finished on the prom. My nan lives like, well, not even like maybe like a five minute walk away. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool to win there because it was outside the park and I'd we'd grown up like going to that going to like Merrick Park pretty much every summer with like our friends and family and everything and then the whole family was there to watch like my nan, my grand cousins, like godparents. It was actually like a home race. It was probably more of like. It's weird, but probably more of a home race in regards to family being there than Tour Wales was, because like all the extended family got to be there, and uh, it was the last. It was the last race my gramp got to watch, and um, we were pretty close. And he kind of helped me get into get into cycling, and uh, it was quite it was quite nice to have him here watching and winning and. Yeah, that was a really good day because I had a terrible day the day before. I think I lost however many minutes or whatever, but always managed to come back stronger and finish on a high, and I think that was that was the important bit. I understand that with the support of Welsh Cycling, you were able to compete in several Kermesses as a junior. How is racing different in Belgium? And um, what did you learn from these races? Uh, how is how is the racing different in Belgium? Well, it's basically, well, when I was a junior or whatever, um, it's quite a big difference to British racing purely because you're racing on proper roads out in Belgium on farm tracks, whereas over here you're racing on circuits. So it's felt more like a proper road race and like the whole roads are closed. There's like, there's crowds on the side of the road and um, just felt more like proper road racing as opposed to crit racing. And um, that was actually a really good trip. We were out there for 10 days and we were staying at this youth hostel in Bruges. And uh, I think there was like five of us or six of us to a room. And <laughs> and uh, like everyone was pretty close. Everyone was like pretty happy and and uh, we all became like real good mates. Like, I'm still mates with most of them now, like Dan Coombe and uh, Oscar Minge and that. And um, yeah, uh, we got we got the first win, and it just sort of like the momentum just built. And as the momentum built, like everyone was just having an absolute great time. And um, we, you learn because there's like ten of us in a race. 
everyone was just like we got given like different roles so a lot we a lot of what we learned was how to ride as a team and everything like someone attacks and then you follow the next guy and the other guy follows the one after that and then because like commesses are quite aggressive in their nature usually the break isn't it's hardly ever a bunch sprint usually the break wins so you just like learning how to pick the right move pick the right moment and then just having the confidence just to go right this is the time we'll just go i think learn learn quite a lot in regards to just having confidence in and thinking right this is the time to go and i'll just go rather than it was like no pressure it was like no pressure racing so if you fancy like hitting out you just hit out and you learn more you learn more from hitting out and failing than you do from sitting in and just sprinting sort of thing how did you sort of choose the best role for you in the team i think everyone's role was just don't let don't let a break go without without a welsh lad in it that was basically the only role everyone had in the team so it was just making sure that you picked the right move to go with and you committed to the right move rather than wasting energy when there's like teams bringing it back or riders bringing it back i think yeah maybe there are quite a few vocal people in that group but i think yeah it just just felt kind of natural you know um everyone trying to be in the break and then the one that sticks as long as there's a Welsh lad in it it's all that really mattered really you competed in the junior tour of Wales in August that year how was racing on home roads it was good but it was also bad um it was bad because tour of Wales is quite hilly and i'm not exactly the best climber and I sort of knew most, I pretty much knew all the roads and all the climbs. I knew what was coming. So it was good in the fact that I got got to sleep in my own bed every night. And I enjoyed racing around where I live because I believe it's probably, probably like one of the top five places where I, I love riding my bike. But it was bad because I knew how hard the hills were and I knew <laughs> and I knew how much suffering was gonna come. Um but ah, oh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I love I love the tour of Wales. Um didn't quite go to plan as a first year because I got ill. I got ill on the first proper stage, which finishes up the Regos. That's an example of um that Regos stage was an example of um why it was bad knowing the roads <laughs> because you go up the glint we went up the old glint bank which is quite a, it's quite steep and it's not that long but it's, it's quite a hard climb and then straight into the regos and knowing that was coming it was a bit like that's going to be hard but it was good because i might i i could wreck it i could pretty much get to every stage and every finish within a four-hour ride from my house. So it was good in the fact that I could recce everything. It was bad in the f- because I knew what was coming and I knew how painful it was going to be. Can you tell me about representing Wales in the Interregionals? Yeah. Um, 
what I love about those trips when I was like a youth and like into regionals, that Belgian trip when everything was, you basically get to go with your best mates racing your bikes. And I don't really, you remember the racing and everything, but you remember like all the laughing, all the joking more than you do the racing really. Like you just have a, you just have a good time, whether you've won your race or you've lost it, it doesn't really matter. Um, because like you're with the boys and you're having like everyone's everyone's getting rinsed everyone's like the banter's flowing and everything it's just yeah i just i was, i'm always proud to represent wales i don't get to do it that much anymore um which is quite sad but it's always good fun it's always a good experience and i think that that year was the track year and um we we're in Manchester and I was in I was in the match sprint, which I thought was a bit weird because I'm not I'm not a full-on track sprinter. And um I got through the rounds and everything, and then the final was against Hamish Timball. He was like, which we were like, oh we're probably gonna lose this because he's the fastest sprinter. Like, look at him now, he's he's like one of the big boy sprinters now, isn't he? And um, yeah, <laughs> basically the way I won that was I pinned him up against the fence until about half lap to go and then just dived down the track and won. And um, no one expected it. <laughs> Even I didn't expect it. And uh, yeah, it was just, just kind of like sums up, sums up that weekend. Like, um, we're all having fun and then because we're having fun, we're all happy, like the results will come sort of thing. Do you remember the first time that you took part in the six-day cycling event and what the atmosphere was like? Yeah, so I think we've only done two six-day events. And the, the first one was in London with, I rode it with Pete Kibble, but I'd never been to a six-day before. I didn't know, I knew a little bit about it, but I wasn't exactly like, that clued up on it so it was it's pretty cool to race I don't think the crowds were in when we raced it was just like a normal race but we got to stick around and watch it afterwards and it was the first time I've ever seen a Derny race I'd seen it like on TV or like on YouTube whatever I'd never seen it in the flesh I never realised how much they stank like the fumes coming from the bikes is just a bit like a bit overwhelming like you wouldn't think it but they absolutely reek. And um, it's just like they start off pretty steady and they just got faster and faster and faster. And just the speed of them just I was like flipping heck. These boys are traveling and then they're overtaking each other and everything as well. And like once they start speeding up the crowd and that get more and more excited. And yeah, it's just like a big party atmosphere with some bike racing going on. It's pretty cool. I went to Lee Valley to watch the world champs a few years ago and the atmosphere there was just amazing and it's just so cool I don't know what it's like when you're actually on the track but it's so cool in the crowd watching it yeah you you get a bit you get a bit nervous before it just because the amount of people are in but then once you're you're riding because you're like you're focused on what you're doing you don't really like notice them as much but afterwards you, you notice it again like if you're on the like 
if you're off the front or something, you can hear the crowd like proper scream. You get like an extra couple of watts. Just yeah, it just it just push you along sometimes. It's it's mega. One of my it's like why I love track racing so much. You don't get that in any other discipline really. Mm-hmm. I think it must be I don't know because I don't do track, but it must be strange when you're sort of in the middle of the velodrome and you're always being watched by the crowd that the crowd's always there and you haven't got any sort of space to yourself it's always the crowd screaming at whether it's your race or a race that's going on whilst you're like warming up or something yeah you can always feel like the energy I quite like it it can be nerve-wracking but as long as you use it in the right way as long as you don't get too overwhelmed by it I think it's it's a it's a plus. When did you first represent Great Britain and how did it feel wearing the jersey? I think my first track race for GB would have been Alkmaar as a junior, but my first road race would have been Gentwevelgum. And we got to wear back when I was a junior, you had the blue kit where that's all you train in. And then for Nations Cups, you get given a white jersey. The first time I wore the white jersey was at Ghent Wellgum. And uh, it felt quite surreal, to be fair, just because you'd seen, you only ever saw the jersey on TV or on people like Sir Brad Wiggins, Carv and all that. You know, you never, it's quite nice to be wearing it for the first time. I mean, the race went horribly. I ended up in a ditch like, in like one of those watery ditches, like head <laughs> head first. Um, oh, but no. yeah, it was just an absolute crash fest. But it was a good experience. I mean, it's always it's always nice to represent your country in it. I mean, you can't really get better than that. In July 2016, you and Matt Walls won the Madison at the Junior European Track Championships. Can you talk me through that win? Yeah. I think that was basically Matt Walls carried me around that. Um, it was back in the old style Madison where if you took a lap, you won the race rather than just getting 20 points like it is now. So we were up against, I think, our main competitors were Belgium. And we'd been sprinting all right, but I think we were a bit too out of, we were a bit out of reach on the points. So I think we I think it was like 25 laps to go or something. Matt attacked. Like we had to get this lap to win. And uh I wasn't feeling that great. I think I'd like I was struggling with the heat and everything. But so we attacked and I was like, oh, just gonna have to do this. And um I was absolutely on my knees. So every time he'd swing me in, I'd just go as hard as I could. I wouldn't I would like I doubt I was gaining any ground, but I'd swing him in and then he'd get a bit more. And then I was absolutely on my knees. I was, it's the hardest I've ever gone. And um, we managed to get a lap and yeah, it felt amazing um, because that week, it was like my first European championship. So it was pretty cool just to be there to begin with. But the beginning of the week, the lads won the team pursuit. I think I was sixth in the scratch on the same day, which is a bit disappointing because... I wanted to win that, but it was an absolute crash fest. I think 
I think the Greek kid or something went over went over the um in the last two laps it was like four crashes and uh one of the Greek lads went over the over the barriers at the top. Oh my god. Like and he's like a bit of a, in Monte Carlo, he's like a bit of a drop, like over the other side of the barriers. So you went over there. That was the first crash. The second crash, someone on the coat just wiped out and took like the other half of the bunch out. So I think in total, only six people like finished. Oh. And I was like, I was like six. So it's quite disappointing. But so I had to wait all week for that Madison. And uh, so yeah, we took the lap and I was absolutely empty. And yeah, I was, I was absolutely buzzing to be honest with you. Um, yeah, probably one of the greatest moments of like my early career. It was like mm. probably the pinnacle. That sounds like a really crazy race, but you must have been so happy to win that. Yeah, it was just junior Ma- junior Madison's is just absolute crash fest, especially like internationally because like the levels a bit. You don't really know how many people have actually raced Madison's before or anything, so it's always a bit sketchy. You went on to the track worlds, winning bronze in the team pursuit and finishing ninth in the individual pursuit with a PB. Can you talk me through that week? Yeah, so we went straight from Euros to Worlds. Mm. We basically jumped on a bus, drove for like four hours after like the Madison. So I was absolutely wrecked. And um, we had a few days training before we started competing. I think everyone was in like the same boat. Everyone was absolutely wrecked. And uh, training wasn't going well. Like we were so far off schedule that I think to save morale, Stuart Blunt started, even though we were like, say, half a second down on schedule, just for morale, he'd walk us on schedule. So we'd, both, we'd be going so slow, but we'd think, oh, yeah, actually, no, we're still like hitting the time and everything. And uh, you, know, you never let us forget that. But I think I didn't do, Fred did qualifying. And then I came in for round one and we were against Denmark and um, we lost, we lost, it was real close against Denmark. I think we lost by like 0.2. So like, we were pretty disappointed going into the bronze final. I think it's always better to win the bronze. I think we've, I've been lucky enough to be in a bronze final, be in a gold final, win a gold final and lose a gold final sort of thing. And um, it, it always feels better to win a bronze rather than lose a gold. I think it's like a bit weird saying that, but and um, yeah, Ethan Hayter pulled an absolute blinder and as he did, as he still does, like, but yeah, again, I we were going so hard and we got a national record. And um, yeah, it was at Eagle, so like it was 20 laps instead of 16. and the bankings come around a lot quicker, just throws you around. You get pretty dizzy. I remember Ethan doing like a four lap turn or something and not even remembering what straight, like what banking you were in or anything. But yeah, we won that and that was pretty nice. Like bronze at a world champs, like I think that's the last world champs we went to or anything. But yeah, it was pretty special. Like those two weeks were a really a really good two two weeks because it just gave us confidence moving forward, like the best in the world and we were third sort of thing. And then 
moving on to the individual pursuit. I'd never, I never beat the time I did at that world champs, even as a second year. Um, that was the fastest I ever, I ever went, I think. And uh, yeah, I was pretty happy. Um, I think Stefan Bissinger did a world record at that point, which was like 14, I think. 13 or 14. So yeah, it was all right, considering. Yeah, it was a good two weeks. In 2017, you did a lot of road riding in Europe, including the Junior Canna Brussels Canna, uh, Ghent Vevelgam, which you mentioned, and Paru Bay. Can you talk me through your highs and lows? Yeah. So we'll start with Kerner Brussels Kerner because I got a ninth in that, I think. And I, uh, that was. I think that was the first time I got to an end of a end of a UCI, actually in contention. Um, the year before that in Kerner, I got pulled out at the feed, which is like halfway round because I think I crashed like three or four times, an absolute howler of a day. And uh, to come back a year later and get ninth is pretty good. It was like it was the first time I'd, I'd done pretty well on the road, um, so it gave me a lot of confidence moving into. Ghent Wevelgum and Paris-Roubaix. Yeah, I was pretty happy with that. I think a group slipped away in the final 5K and then I was in the group behind. And uh, yeah, I was pretty happy with that, to be fair. And then Ghent Wevelgum, it was the same thing happened again. A group went away towards the end and um, I just missed it and then attacked like quite late on but never really bridged. And then... Paris Roubaix was a bit of a downer. Um, I uh, was pretty howler of a day again. Um, I crashed going into sector. I can't remember what sector it was, but I crashed going into one of the sectors and it absolutely ruined my leg. I like grazed all down my shin and like from like my knee to my ankle sort of thing, Ooh. and it properly swelled up. So it looked like it looked like I was a little. Um, I looked like the Michelin Man, you know, like the le- like on my leg. And um, anyway, try getting back on in the cars, but every sector, there'd be like another puncture, another crash. So the cars would stop. So never actually go back. And then it was just about finishing. Like you always want to finish in the Roubaix Velodrome. It's quite, quite iconic, but I punctured and there's no cars around. So I just had to, <laughs> I remember just being stood outside someone's house with a flat tire and then being like, well, well, what are you going to do now? I was like, to be honest, mate, I have no idea. I had to wait like 15 minutes for the broom wagon. They chucked me in the broom wagon and yeah, I was pretty disappointed not to finish. Um, but Pidcock won that day. So I was like, yeah, I didn't finish, but it's pretty mega to see Pidcock win. So you get highs and lows, but it's just one of those days. Do you think you'd ever want to do Pyro Bay again and see if you can finish? Yeah, I would, actually. Um, I think at the time, you think, oh, this is a terrible race. My hands are hurting. I, my legs are hurting. But it's only when you get to the finish. Well, well, it's only after the race then you get to the finish. But it's only after the race you think, oh, do you know what? That was pretty special. Because um, I remember we wrecked it and it was raining. I absolutely hated it. 
like the wet cobbles and me just don't really mix. I think I ended up in like, I ended up in like three fields or something just because kept crashing and everything. But yeah, it's one of those things you appreciate afterwards, I think. After those races, you competed in the Junior Tour of Wales again. And this time you came away with the green jersey. How did that feel? That felt pretty good because I'm never going to win the overall. So that's like, that and stage wins is the target. Um, and I was riding for the Welsh team again that year. And pardon me. Yeah, it felt it felt really good. Um, it felt amazing, actually, because it's on home roads and it's what my objective was. So it felt really good to win that. Yeah, really happy with that one. I've still got it hanging up in my, on my wall at home. How did you find switching between road and track? Can it be hard if you if you don't have much time in between races? Yeah, I find it takes me quite a few sessions to get back into the track um, with just because of like the leg speed and the sort of zippiness of it. And then again, I also find it takes quite a while to switch back into the road. Like for example, this year at the Tour of Britain, we'd come off a three-week tapering race on the track I think we had like three or four road rides between that and the Tour Britain and uh, for the first two days down in Cornwall and Devon especially like I found it really hard just because you've gone from doing a four minute flat out effort to a four and a half hour slog (laughs) like changes in tempo and everything so it's really just like as long as you got as long as you've done the work beforehand it's not too bad I I found my legs pretty quickly and got better towards the end of the week but I find it always takes like three or four days to fully switch from one to the other and it's just about time really I think you can probably switch from the track to the road easier than from the road to the track personally just because of like takes me quite a while to get explosive efforts and riding at higher cadence like we ride at 120 rpm on the track whereas you ride at say 70 to 90 rpm on the road i think that's the biggest difference is just the rpm change you had some great results that winter on the track ending in 2018 with a silver in the scratch race and a gold in the team suit at the National Track Championships. How was that event for you? It was quite a surprise. I mean, we weren't expecting to win the team suit gold at all, purely because Hoob have like got so much better kit than us. They've like they they're strong they're strong riders as well, but like their kit is so much better than ours. So <laughs> we didn't actually know that Charlie, I think it was was it Charlie? Had a problem, whatever. So they'd gone down. Johnny does his four laps and then gets out of the way, and then they had a problem. And uh, we didn't know they had a problem. We thought, oh, we just we'd caught them, whatever. So we were there celebrating, and um, they were in, like we didn't know until afterwards that they had a problem. Like, oh, that's probably why. But the team suit and the scratch are in the same day. I think the team suit final. It's maybe like half hour before the scratch. Oof. So I was pretty nailed going into the 
scratch, but I was like, whatever happens, happens. Like, I've got a jersey. And um, it was quite a carnage finish. The problem with the scratch is, I think it's 60 laps or whatever, or 80 laps. But at Nationals, everyone just rolls around. Not rolls around, like, there are a few attacks, but everyone's expecting a bunch sprint. So in the last 10 laps, literally everyone's bunched together, rolling around, and it's quite hard to, like, position yourself. So it's quite carnage, like, oh, I'll just jump on Ollie Wood, and then I'll just jump on him. He can tow me through, and then we'll see what happens at the end. But he was too fast, and I couldn't come around anyway. So I was absolutely buzzing with a silver medal. You mentioned earlier on that you love representing Wales. How did it feel to be heading off to the Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast, Australia? It was it was a great trip. It was the first time I've ever been out of Europe. First time I've ever been to Australia. The, the weather was amazing. The roads were amazing. The beaches are even better. Um, I think... We were staying in, it's like this little sailing, like hotel marina thing. So we'd ride, we'd ride to the track and back. And um, it's going to sound quite bad, this, but the Aussie drivers weren't like, they weren't really happy to see cyclists on the road. They give you abuse, but it was hard to get angry at them giving you abuse because it was like one of the most creative insults I think I've ever heard. I can't remember what it was now, but I was it was actually really funny. And uh, so that was good. But I think we got fourth in the team suit. That was, that was yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of heartbreaking because we were so close to a bronze. And yeah, to be on the podium for Wales at the Commonwealth Games is, is an objective of mine. Um, and we didn't quite get in to be so close. And then, be so far is it's quite heartbreaking and then rode the scratch as well and I think that's the fastest race I've ever ridden because when you got guys like Cameron Meyer and um oh like the Aussie lads had three riders we had three riders like at world champs you have one GB rider one Aussie rider one Kiwi rider like but each strong nation had three so the pace just never let up and it just got faster and faster and faster and Hater attacked. And um, I just remember seeing, I just remember seeing, um, I can't remember his name. Oh, I can't remember his name. Anyway, one of the Aussie lads, sprinting lad. He sprinted and it was like being behind a motorbike, you know, just put his foot down as went. And then we did the road race as well. And the crowds then were mega. It was just, it's the biggest stage you can represent Wales on and I was really proud to be able to to be given the chance to do that and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll do it again next year and we can have some better results. Tell me about how it felt to become the British points race champion at the start of 2019. Uh, I think that is probably one of the most special wins I've had. Um, just because going into that, I had quite a difficult time. Um, I broke my collarbone in the November before that, and I did it at the Ghent six day. So I flew home, 
and I was supposed to have an operation, I think like two days after or something. So I was like, so I went in for the operation and then I woke up in intensive care and um, I didn't have the operation that day. Um, basically, whenever they sat me up, my oxygen levels just dropped. So they thought, I think they thought I had like a collapsed lung or something. But it turned out like there was complications with the tube. So I was rushed to intensive care and ended up staying in hospital like for a day or like for two days or whatever. So before I had the operation, it was like two weeks. So I had to have two operations basically. And then I go back on go back on the table like three or four days after the second operation. Um but I ended up being in Manchester on my own quite a lot just because the other lads are like going to Drona, doing like a normal um, winter program. And I was basically just stuck on the turbo for six weeks. Mm. So I really didn't expect to win that. Um, Cause you had Mark Stewart, Hollywood and Ethan Hater in the, in the race as well. And I think I won it by taking a lap. Um, I think it was me and Cal Gordon and someone else. I went into it thinking, what's the worst looking at them? So I was like, so I just attacked and followed it. And yeah, luckily it paid off and I won. And yeah, it's just, it's nice to see that hard work and it was, it was rewarded pretty quickly. And yeah, it was quite a special win. You did your first tour of Britain with the Great Britain team later on in 2019. How did it feel to be selected for that? It was, I love the Tour of Britain. It's a really good race. The crowds are fantastic. And you get to race against the top pros as well. So I was absolutely buzzing to get selected for that. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed that race. Uh, I think we got Wolsey to second on the Birkenhead stage, which was quite, a, which was quite cool. Just like being, being in the lead out with, against like, I think Cav, was there with Dimension Day at that point, a lot of Yumbo growing a vegan, like the top sprinters are there. And we were battling against the lead out trains. Like it's such a cool experience to be up there and be able to do that. And then the final stage started in Altrincham, pretty much went and it was on training roads. Like we ride these roads every day. So to see to ride on the roads you usually train on, but with crowds either side was pretty pretty cool and then finishing on Dean's Gate was just a, such a cool experience that I was absolutely buzzing the whole week to be honest with and back on the track you won the British Madison title with friend of the podcast Fred Wright and then you went on to retain your points race title you were getting great results on the track and then getting ready for the road season when Covid hit how did that affect you? It was real nice to win that with Fred. I mean, we've been mates for ages. Um, we won the under-16 Madison together. And then it just really started that winter off on a good foot. Um, and then just managed to get the momentum going at Nationals. And then it was pretty frustrating when COVID hit. Um, we done. We were out in Belgium getting ready for Ronda van Drenthe, which is like a... It was going to be, there's going to be world tour teams and everything there. So it was going to be the first, like our second road race of the year, but 
the first road race with the big boys. And then we got told that the day before we like, we got told that we were going home and it was pretty frustrating. Remember us wanting to stay in Belgium because we thought, oh, it's only going to be two weeks. Like we thought we'd be going home and everyone else would be racing. Little did we know that we got there. We got there at the right time and we managed to get home before everything closed. Otherwise, you'd been stuck out there. And yeah, for the first, we just thought it was going to be two weeks and then we'd be back to more to normal. But little did we know that that wasn't the case, you know. What did you do during lockdown to keep you motivated for when? racing would eventually return um i had quite an eventful lockdown um i did quite a lot of exploring so i just i literally just went and found new roads sometimes they weren't that great i mean i ended up on a um like a downhill mountain bike path somehow on my road bike so i did quite a lot of walking that 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 day um but I just tried to focus more on the process rather than getting back racing. Just I just literally focused on enjoying my riding my bike, riding where I want to ride. And I think it helped that we had such good weather. But um I did my longest ever ride in lockdown. I think it was like 214k, like four thousand eight hundred meters of climbing. I just did stuff like that, just focus on riding my bike. Um it was quite there were quite, there were a few like bad patches. Like my parents got COVID. So I had to, I was on turbo for two weeks. But I mean, you couldn't really leave the house anyway. But it was right when you're on your bikes, you could go out, you could explore. But yeah, it was a bit boring on the old turbo. I mean, we did these like RGT race series, but it's not the same. And then, just after coming out of isolation, I broke my collarbone again. Um, I got taken out by a dog mm-hmm. and uh, broke it pretty bad. Like um, it was pretty much sticking out. I think you could see the point. You could play with the point. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, that sort of hit me for six, really. It was quite a bad break. And yeah, so I was just, the way I kept my motivation was just in focusing on enjoying my my bike, exploring. I did I did so much exploring, and uh, just I just loved riding my bike. Really, there was there was not much else to do. Like you just ride your bike and come home and jump on the PlayStation, play COD with the boys for however many hours, and then same again tomorrow. You know, was it the same collarbone that you broke, or was it the other one? Uh, well, I've actually done my left one twice and my right one once. Oh, wow. It was a different, it was a different one to the one. Yeah, I broke my right before points and then my left before in lockdown, yeah. So they're both plated now. <laughs> oh, blimey. Did you get much racing in at the end of 2020? And how was it different? I got one race in. I actually had got two race days in 2020. One was Ruckfun right at the start of the season. And the other one was the European Road Champs right at the end of the season. And um, it's pretty weird just because it felt like I hadn't really ridden in a, I hadn't ridden in a group for however many months, let alone ridden in a bunch. 
So it was quite weird just getting back into that. And it went all right. I actually had pretty good legs. Um, we messed up the finish a bit. Um, and I think I got like 16th or something. But it was weird because there were quite a lot of other people racing, but we just couldn't get there for like with like the restrictions and everything. So it was pretty frustrating watching other people race and then us just being sat at home. Because, yeah, it's quite the same at the start of the season as well. It's just a lot of frustration over the last two years, I think. But I think everyone else has felt that as well, you know? Yeah. In August, you competed at the European Track Championships, winning the under-23 Madison with another guest of the podcast, Will Tibble. Me and my family were shouting at the TV when we were watching. How did it feel to win that after such a difficult 18 months? I think, well, as long as, as, as well as like just focusing on enjoying my bike and everything, I did have like the, the under 23 European champs in the back of my head, thinking like, oh, all this hard work will go towards that. And, um, Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing to win that. I don't think I've hugged as many people as I did after winning that. I think I went around the whole coaching staff, all the mechanics, mm-hmm. just hugged everyone. <laughs> I mean, it was. I had a pretty terrible day in the Omnium before, the day before. I think I finished fourth and uh, I was real disappointing. And um, yeah, it was, it was nice because Stuart Blunt, like, Stuart Blunt and PJ pretty much picked me up after that and be like, oh, you'll be fine tomorrow. And um, there was a lot of, it wasn't just me and Will that won that, you know. Um, there was a lot of people behind us that allowed us to win that, you know, um, all the, all of our teammates, um, all the support staff. Yeah, it was, it was a real special one. And I still haven't stopped smiling, to be honest with you. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's one of I think it's my favourite one. You recently rode in your second tour of Britain. Can you tell me about how that went for you and the Great Britain team? Yeah, it went pretty well. Um it was the hardest eight days of my life. I don't think I've recovered from it still, in terms of like just I had to go so deep. But um it went pretty well. We had we had a few people in the breaks with a few top fifteens. And um, to be racing against the big teams like Philippe and Walt Van Aert, it's kind of like playing football against Messi and Ronaldo, you know. Um, we weren't expecting to win, but I think we gave a good showing of ourselves and we were pretty strongly and we had fun as well. Um, I really enjoyed the, um, the two Welsh stages, um, the family on the side of the road. And they came down to watch and quite a few like old club mates, old school mates came out to watch as well. And yeah, it was, it was just a good week, you know, just the morale, the morale was good. The legs, they were okay. Could have been better, but it was just a real good week. What are your plans for the rest of 2021? Uh, I've got a track race coming up. Uh, I've got Beaumont on Sunday and then I've got, Crit and road national champs. Then I go the off season. Um, not that much, but can't wait to get stuck in. 
Um, yeah, it's going to be nice end of the year and a bit of time off after that. And uh, to answer, I can't wait for a bit of time off. It's been a long year already. What are your hopes for the next five years? And do you have anything that you're aiming for? Yeah, um, Paris 2024 is a big goal. I'd love to go to the Olympics. I think the Olympics is what got me interested in cycling. So it's something I'd like to compete and hopefully win a medal. Um, that's the big goal. Another goal is Commonwealth Games next year. Um, hopefully win, win a medal there. And then I'd like to win a medal at Worlds and Senior Euros, I think. It's a big track focus because I'd like I'd love to go to the Olympics and then on the road side, we'll see how it goes. Um, just on about just getting to a good level and just just enjoying it really. Um, picking up wins along the way, don't get me wrong, but I think for me at the moment, there's a there's probably a bigger emphasis on the track just because that's where my big big goals are. What's your favourite race you've ever done? Favourite race I've ever done? That's a hard one, that. I don't know. <laughs> probably probably the Isle of Man used to, just because I love the Isle of Man and it's quite a, quite a special place for me and my family. And I think, yeah, Isle of Man used to. Where's your favourite place to ride for fun? I think I've got two places. Um, I've got back home. Uh, I love I love riding in in the valleys back home. I think you can you can get to such quiet roads so quickly, and like the views are nice and everything, and you can't really beat being at home. But I think another place is Donegal in Ireland. Um, my girlfriend lives in Derry, which is just over the border, and um, Oh, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. Like, you've got the sea, you've got, like, mountains, you've got small twisty roads, you've got climbs, you've got descents, and it's just so quiet as well. I think, oh, it's just, it's just beautiful out there. And, I th- yeah, it doesn't, it's not quite home, don't, we get, don't get me wrong, but, oh, it's beautiful out there. What's your favourite event on the track? Madison, no, no doubts about it. Um, I love, I just love it. Like how fast it is, the technical nature, the ins and outs of the night, the, like the nuances. I think it's a hard race, but when, when you're going well, it's a lovely race to ride. You know, everything, when, when it's flowing right and everything clicks, it's a lovely race to ride. Like, you know, when everything's going well, you're in the right position, you're doing the right changes. It's a lovely race to ride, but when it's going wrong, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so painful. Um, <laughs> I, the under-23 European champs is an example of when it's going good, like, you know, everything clicks. It's a lovely race to ride. We rode a class one in Ghent in April, 200 laps, 2014 on the track or something stupid like that. We got stuck at the back and we couldn't get we couldn't get to the front. So we're basically riding around the rail at the back, absolutely going as hard as we can, but we can't get to the front. 
it's absolutely terrible. But once you make your way through the carnage and get to the front, you're like, it was scary, but it was fun. So, yeah, there's two sides to it, but I think it's always fun. Is there a race that you would really like to do that you haven't done yet? Yeah, I'd love to do the Olympics. And I'd love to do the Tour de France. I don't think I ever will, but I think just because it's the biggest race in the sport, really, isn't it? Mm. And uh, the gravitas and like everything that goes around it, I think it'd be an amazing race to do. Mm. From like the sprints to the mountain stages. I think it's probably terrible once you're in it, but once you finish it, you can look back and be like, oh, look what I've just done. Who's your favourite current rider? Mark Cavendish. Um, just because he inspired me to enter the sport. HCC days were my favourite era of cycling. I think, like, rushing home from school to watch the tour and watch, you know, that white train just dominate the front and then him win at the end, I think, ah, oh, my favourite era of cycling. Who's your favourite rider of all time? Oh, that's a hard one, that. Don't know. Don't know. I think just for style, it has to be Mario Cipollini, just because he just, he wore some absolutely outrageous things and he looked cool. But, mm, not sure. Maybe Cipollini or Frank Vandenbroek. Just because, um, just because of the way he used to just dominate races. I mean, looking back now, they're all lit, like. But it was, just, it was, they still dominated, really, didn't they? What's your advice for young riders? I think make sure you enjoy it. That's the number one thing. I think I've got a little nephew now. He's four, and he's just getting into riding, and just he just loves riding his bike. I think that is the most important thing because if you love riding your bike, you're happy. If you're happy, your legs are happy, you know. Um, I think once you stop enjoying it, it becomes a chore. And then once it becomes a chore, it's just a downhill from there. I think the most important thing is making sure you actually enjoy riding your bike and you're doing it for the right reasons rather than just to feel like, yeah, I think just enjoy it. That is the one and only thing, as long as you're enjoying it, everything else will come. You've got five minutes before you head down to the start of a race. What's on your playlist to get you motivated? That's a tough one. Maybe a bit of a bit of Metallica. Um, a bit of a bit of Eric Prids and a bit of Tom Jones. I think. <laughs> that's a wide that's a wide variety, I know. Yeah. They were weird right as well, but yeah, can't fault it. Thank you for joining me today, Reese. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to share it with your friends and give me your feedback. See you on the bike. <laughs>